Welcome to the Columbia Church Sermon Podcast. We're so excited to share this weekend's message with you. We hope it encourages you, inspires you, and helps you grow in your faith as a whole life disciple. Enjoy the message. Hi, everybody. Great to be with you today. What a great day. What a great day. Uh, thanks to all those who had a part in the race, your fundraising. And I'm always uh, grateful to Dr. Jim, Pastor Chris, for the uh, honor of uh, standing before you and proclaiming God's Word. And uh, wow, what a ride. If you want to hear a little bit more, then come on the last Sunday of the year. Somebody asked me, when are you retiring? I said, right after the sermon on December 31. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Let's just get right into it. Spend local. Spend yourself local. Dr. Jim, the last two Sundays, addressed two of the three guiding principles, and today we'll we'll do the third. So repeat after me, focused, Focused. transformative, Transformative. and then today, just. Just. Columbia Spin Yourself Mission Ministry answers God's call that we share His love by addressing dire needs of the most desperate from Metro Washington to the world, employing a strategy of asset-based community development that's ABCD. And by the way, I've seen that in action in Haiti with World Vision. That's what they do. They don't go in there and say, hey, we're from America. We know how to fix you. We know what's wrong with you. No, no, no. They meet with community leaders. The community chooses its leaders. World Vision says, let's talk together. What are your assets? What you got going for you? They usually say sunshine and dirt, but also work ethic, values of family and faith and cooperation and lifelong learning, and they and the Holy Spirit take it from there, A, B, C, D. So we seek to give to people, to people in need, a hand up, not just a temporary handout. We want to restore capacities for them and their communities to flourishing according to God's plan in creation. And so now, as Columbia enters this new era of ministry, we are ready to launch Spin Yourself 2.0. Say 2.0. To incorporate a more robust local expression of those three Spin Yourself principles. Now, Whatever we do is based on God's Word, so we're going to look at some Scripture, and, and this first one should be very familiar to you as we remind ourselves that Spin Yourself is focused and transformative and today just, and our Scripture is, has long been from Isaiah 58. You've heard Dr. Jim uh, admonish us and uh, give great exposition of this passage of Scripture. The Lord says, and if you spend yourself, that is, give out your soul to the soul of those in need, spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your noon will become, or your night will become like noonday, and the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. It always seems like we're living in a sun-scorched land. That means a land of great need and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people, and I believe this call is to you and me, your, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called repair of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. That is to say, you will impact neighborhoods and communities. Now, I'm very excited about Spin Yourself 2.0. The Holy Spirit is at work through God's people 
bestowing new insights on our world of need and moving Columbia to address those needs in ways that are much more effective. And going forward, I'm just really anticipating and excited about seeing, witnessing what God is doing through all of you. Another scripture that has been dear to me, especially I'd say in the last decade, is from Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says, the prophet recorded. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches, but let the ones who boast boast about this. What is it? That they have understanding to know me, that they understand and know me, that I am Yahweh, that I am the Lord, the only God who is, who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, because in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So if we want to delight the Lord, let's do these things. Now, Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Savior, perfectly exemplified living, fully human, and calls us to do the same. And in the preaching of the early church in Acts, both from Peter and from Paul, we have these observations. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, as he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Repeat that last with me. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's what Jesus said. By the way, a trick question is, which of the Gospels records that? Well, it's not in the Gospels. It's in the book of Acts, isn't it? Okay. Okay. I remember early on the discussions which became spend yourself. There, there, were, there were two ideas that were put forth, and I've heard Dr. Jim tell about this, that as the group which became spend yourself team, as they would interview different agencies and organizations, they were asking for two things. We want to partner with you in order to have significant impact in the world and to have an ongoing relationship with communities. And so many organizations could do one without the other, but we are so grateful that World Vision was able to do both, and that's what we've been doing since we voted as a congregation in November of 2009, and that began our partnership in Haiti since then and in Zambia for the last three, maybe four years. So, I also remember that after a few years, Dr. Jim said, we need to update the vision, Greg, get some leaders together and let's talk about this. And so we did, and we had several productive meetings, and these, I was running with the big dogs. These are people really much more uh, intelligent than I, and they had ideas, and we were talking about spin yourself and what it ought to be, and then we kind of got stuck. And I remember in one meeting, finally, somebody said, well, let's just get Dr. Jim here to, to, to meet with us next time and, and share with us. So I talked with him, and he came, and he listened to us. We had all kinds of questions like, uh, should it be this? And what if it's this? And what if it doesn't do that? And finally, he silently got up from the room, Jim, I, you probably remember, you went over to the right whiteboard and he wrote three words, focused, transformative, just. Then he sat down and our eyes were fixed on him. And as he unpacked it, I looked into the eyes of the leaders around that table. And it really resonated. And they were like, of course, of course, yes, yes, yes. And so this is where we are today, reminding ourselves of these things. Spin yourself is focused, not a mile wide and an inch deep, but we drill down deep and get to know people, get to know communities, and have a relationship.
It is transformative because it is outcome-based input. It's not just doing things to make ourselves feel better, but it's doing things that will help people in the best way. A hand up, not just a handout, if you will. And today, just, which simply means do it because it's the right thing to do. We're defining this as giving our best for the other's good. We might extrapolate that to say we give our best to God for God to use for the good of others. All people, and why do we do this? Because all people have intrinsic and infinite worth. We believe God loves every person equally and unconditionally and eternally, whether they live near or far, regardless of anything else about them. They are created in the image of God and dearly loved. So, we want to do things in our world in the name of Christ, fulfilling biblical justice. That is, we want to do the, the, the right thing for the right reason, the right rationale, the right purpose, which is to glorify God by bearing fruit and advancing His kingdom. We want to do things in the right way with the right methods, ways that really help people and not merely feel good to us. We want to do things with the right spirit and the spirit of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, things that are helpful and compassionate. But along the way, there can be some temptations. By the way, I'll just pause here. I like to call this biblical justice. Sometimes the word justice in our society is thrown around, and it, even the word itself might have, uh, you know, lots of baggage. But we're reminding ourselves, this is biblical. This is what God says. This is what Jesus taught. This is what the early church was about. In fact, two centuries ago, it was people called evangelicals who did things in their societies according to biblical justice, and that's why you and I are here now. I mean, that's why we think sometimes about Columbia's origins with those seven abolitionists who started a congregation because it was the right thing to do. More about that later. All throughout Scripture, and it took me maybe 30 years to realize this, all throughout Scripture repeatedly, biblical justice is about, bibli is about justice for the poor and oppressed the prophets, the Psalms, in Proverbs, the teachings of Christ, in all the epistles. So, if you're hung up about ministering in the name of Christ, biblical justice for the poor, you need to deal with it directly with God, okay? Now, there are some temptations. One temptation, I think, is when we promise to give the ideal while neglecting what's real. I talked to someone yesterday and said, hey, if you had $5 million in your pocket, would you give me half of it? Sure, Pastor Gray, I would give you half of $5 million if that's what I had in my pocket. Now, what are the chances of that happening, right? <laughs> Two, uh, slim and none. <laughs> so, there are these two farmers pledging their commitment to each other. And, and how much they cared about each other. And one said to the other, hey, man, uh, listen, if, if, if you had $100, would you give me 50? And his buddy said, well, sure, if I had $100, I'd give you 50. And then the other said, well, look, if, if, if you had 100 bales of cotton, would you give me half of them? Oh, you know I would. If I had 100 bales of cotton, you know I would give you half of them. And then the other guy said, well, listen, man, if if you had two pigs, would you give me one? And he said, shoot, man, who are you fooling? You know I got two pigs. <laughs> it helps if you grew up on a farm to know that's funny. Because <laughs> sometimes 
we are willing to pledge something that's way out there that we could never give. But God wants us to give what we can. And one farmer saying to the other, shoot, man, who are you fooling? You know I got two pigs, is very uh, revealing of the human condition. So let's not promise to give the ideal while we neglect to give what is real. Another temptation is giving that seems good enough but not really your best to God. When, when Jim put this uh, to, the, um, to the Spend Yourself uh, vision team, I think Jim is 2015, focused, transformative, just, and just he defined as our best for the other's good. Our best. Uh, not something substandard or something that we can just toss and check the box and say, well, I gave something. Folks, I'm ashamed, but sometimes, I know it's none of you, but sometimes the items that come into God's closet have to be discarded because they're not fit for Jesus to wear. They got holes in them, stains, tears, and sometimes, not you, but sometimes some of the food that's donated, our food pantry team has to look at it and say, wow, 19, no, we got to toss that one. Let's give our best because we're giving to the Lord. Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew 25? By the way, I heard the governor uh, recently when I was at the executive mansion. Boy, does that sound like patting myself on the back? Uh, but he quoted from Matthew 25, ministering to those who are in need. And if you want to know why I was at the executive mansion this past Monday night, ask me personally and I'll, I'll tell you later. But we'll probably make a public announcement about one of the food pantry volunteers who was given this award. <laughs> I guess I told you, didn't I? I know this, a food pantry volunteer, Nancy Feldner, who received the Outstanding Adult Volunteer uh, Award, gives her best and very sacrificially. You and I are called to give our best to God so He can use that for the good of others. And then let's be careful, too, of giving merely what we want to give and not what others really need. Hey, Mom, uh, I got this leftover Halloween candy. Can I give that? Well, maybe, maybe it's still good by now. It's still, probably still good, unless it's from last year. Uh, but let's give what people really need. If you're going to give to the food pantry, obviously give some rice and a bag of beans and some cans of fruit and things like that. Give people what they really need. And what they really need is not just food, but sometimes they need a job or some tools so they can get a better job or some startup funds to start a business. And we've actually seen this a couple of times through God's closet. Really amazing. And I think that as uh, Jim and Chris uh, lead Spin Yourself 2.0, we're going to see more of that kind of thing, giving people what they really need. When Peter and John were at the beautiful gate and a man was there, a lame man, holding up his cup, as it were, we might say, well, he needed some money or some food. But they gave him what he really needed, the ability to walk. And he jumped up and he, with leaping, he could go into the temple courts now because lame people couldn't go in there, weren't allowed in there. You get the point. Let's give people what they really need. Same thing in Haiti. We don't just give them food, but we give them the ability then to raise their standard of living by growing more food and better food. All right. This is who we are. We are just people. We are focused because God focused His love on us. We are transformative because the Holy Spirit has transformed us. And we are just because, and I know this is a stretch, but... We are justified in Christ because of His death and resurrection. That's who we are. And because of who we are, then that impacts what we do and where we do it. Christ has no body but yours, said 
Teresa of Avila in the 1500s. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours, yours are the eyes with which he looks compassionately on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Ironic to me, but about the same time, an Anabaptist reformer named Minnow Simons said this, and actually I'm going to read to you the longer uh, statement. True evangelical faith is of such a nature that it cannot lie dormant but spreads itself out in all kinds of righteousness and fruits of love. It dies to the flesh. It destroys all lusts and forbidden desires. It seeks, serves, and fears God in its inmost soul. It clothes the naked, feeds the hungry, comforts the sorrowful, shelters the destitute, aids and consoles the sad, does good to those who do it harm, serves those who harm it, prays for those who persecute it, teaches, admonishes, and judges us with the word of the Lord, speaks to those who are lost, binds up what is wounded, heals the sick, saves what is sound, becomes all things to all people, the persecution, suffering, and anguish that come to it for the sake of the Lord's truth have become a glorious joy to comfort it. I don't know, it's kind of ironic, but in a way, they're both speaking of something I would call the priesthood of all believers, but that's another sermon and another lesson for another time. Right now, I'm going to ask World Vision staff, Javi Diaz, to join me on the stage. You've met Javi already, and he's going to help you come, uh, okay, or, or, or over here, all right, fine. And I'm going to ask some questions. Javi, I don't know if these are really good questions, but if they really seem like silly questions, I just want you to shout out. Come on, Pastor Greg, and I want all of the kids, all of the, uh, whether you're preschool or grade school, uh, to stand up right now, stand up right now, and get ready, because I got a feeling you're going to be shouting, come on, Pastor Greg, so adults too if you want. All right, here we go. Okay, so here's, here's the first question. These are trick questions, and the answers are easy and kind of obvious, so I've been told. So, all right, guys, which is better, walking two miles to get dirty water or one mile to get clean water? Come on, Pastor Greg. <laughs> all right, all right. So which is more important, helping children who live far away or helping children who live nearby? Come on, Pastor Greg. <laughs> who does God love more, tall people or short people? Be careful. Come on, Pastor Greg. <laughs> and we could say... We could say the same thing, light skin, dark skin, brown hair, red hair, blonde hair, green hair, blue hair, purple hair, or no hair. <laughs> All right, good, 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 good. Javi, you're pretty good at this. Thank you. True or false? Now, this is a trick question. Think carefully. Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Come on, Pastor Greg. All right, true or false, God wants us to get all the stuff we can and never share it. Come on, All right, one more true or false. Uh, all God ever wants us to do is pray for people and tell them that we're thinking about them. Come on, uh-huh. All right, last one, Javi, last one, last one. Which is better at helping someone? Tell them God bless you and walk away or show them God loves you and give them what they really need? <laughs> all right, all right. In 1864, right here in Falls Church, 
Columbia's lay preacher, a farmer named John Reed, along with his wife Charlotte and their teenage daughter Betsy, looked around them in the community and remembered that their church was an abolitionist church. They, didn't, they believed slavery was wrong. And they were very good friends with the African-American community here in Falls Church, which had scores of people. And they said, we believe the Lord wants us to start a school. Now, this was illegal in Confederate Virginia, especially during the Civil War. And they started a school for children and adults, slave and free. And they… Hmm, Read fast. <laughs> and they started a school in this building on the right, which still exists today on 121 South Washington Street. You see a little picture of that in the bottom corner. And that's John Reed's kind of scary picture. But at Galloway Methodist, they have a picture of John Reed younger when, with no beard. Interesting. Go see that. And they had a day school where they taught the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And they had what they call a Sabbath school, a Sunday school, where they taught the other R, religion of faith in Christ. And they did this for the better part of a year. But the Confederates decided to ride into town one night, dressed up like Union soldiers, and they burst into John Reed's home at the 300 block of, of Broad Street, not far from Panera, which a, has a storyboard out in the little parklet if you want to read more about it. And they took John Reed and a black friend of his. Jacob Jackson captive. They took him to Vienna to Hunter's Mill in the woods, and they interrogated them and shot them both in the head. Jacob Jackson revived and eventually came back into town to tell Mrs. Reed that her husband John was dead, and he's buried out here in a nearby cemetery. The Reed family did what they knew was right before God. It was the just thing to do. They gave their best to God for God to use for the good of others. Spend Yourself 2.0 is calling you and me to do the same. Maybe it's with your family, your ignition group, your ministry team, your neighborhood group. I'm not saying that it'll be this risky, but you will need courage to venture out and to do something new. Fast forward 100 years to Moata, Louisiana. Some of you know this story. I tell you, it was in 1968, in the year that King died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in the faith in action by another farmer lay preacher and his wife and his kids. And they started a Sunday school for the black community on their farm. And there was ridicule from their own church. And some scolded them and called them names, which they in turn wore as a great badge of courage. And this went on for several years until the family, until the family moved from the farm. And many of the people in the picture I still am in contact with today why one of them spoke at my dad's funeral five years ago. Now, we were not at risk like the Reed family was. But I'll tell you, parents, when you do something and involve your, your family, your kids with you, don't be surprised if God uses that and impacts the world even a generation or two later, because God is faithful. And when you do things that are just in the sight of God, God honors that. The time is always right to do what is right, said Dr. King. And for those of you who might remember the movie, the mayor said to Mookie, always do the right thing. 
We are all in for spending ourselves in God's recreation or recreation of a broken world by building long-term relationships and developing capacity. Every time I read this last sentence up there, I, 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 I read it wrong. I say, it's just the right… No, it's, it's the just thing to do before God. It's just the just thing to do before God. Repeat with me. It is the just thing to do before God, and God will honor that. So, find one ongoing relational local mission to engage in continually. Spending yourself is contagious. It will change your group, your family, and you. And just let the Spirit move organically and naturally, and then watch what happens, because God is at work. As for biblical justice, don't deny it, pervert it, withhold it, betray it, deprive it, mock it, or neglect it. But instead, follow it, pursue it, exercise it, maintain, administer, seek, uphold, bring, establish love, and proclaim it. And that's all the words I could think of that day. I'm so grateful to be a part of Columbia because some churches are so focused on their front yard that they neglect things that are global, and some churches do global while neglecting needs that are right there in front of them in their local communities. But Columbia does both, and that's what God has called us to be and do. Spend yourself as focused because our energies are invested in specific communities to specific people and communities in need. And if that sounds familiar, that's because Dr. Jim wrote it and said it. Spend yourself as transformational because God uses His transformed people in relationship with those in need. And spend yourself as just because we give our best to God for the good of others. Food pantry children made in God's image, you are so precious. God loves you so much. You and your family are welcomed and nourished. We pray that you'll feel the Lord's loving touch. Children of Haiti, children like Jesus, born in a lowly place on this earth, know that God loves you and we care for you. Made in God's image, you have great worth. Zambia children, also like Jesus, born in a world of hunger and need, we hear God's call igniting our passion, seeking your soul and your body to feed. All of earth's children precious to Jesus, loved by the Father, loved by us too, spending ourselves, we pray and give gladly. We see the face of Jesus in you. The Lord has called us His kingdom to serve in word and in deed, with strength and with nerve. There's much to do here in this world below to tell the good news and the Lord's way to show. What is your response to Christ's invitation? God's own Holy Spirit will give motivation. Do not be afraid. Don't ever turn back. Your God is with you to supply what you lack. So consider your calling and do what you must. In Christ's name, be focused, transforming, and just. Oh, Father God, thank you for focusing your love on us. Thank you for transforming our lives. Thank you for justifying us by the death of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and His resurrection. And as your children, who are all new, all in, and all out for the cause of Christ's kingdom near and far, empower us by your Spirit to go forth, even on this feel-good day of great accomplishments, to do even greater things that impact the world, meet true needs, and communicate the simple gospel that Jesus saves. It is in His name I pray. Amen. Well, Columbia, two of the three projector bulbs went out just this week. I've got an idea. Let's build a new worship center with a giant video wall. Is it a good idea?
do it. We're going to get in very, very soon. Uh, but Greg, you shone brightly today. This is Greg's last race before he retires. Thank you, Greg, for your leadership and for, uh, for preaching today. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. And uh, we love you uh, dearly. And you, you taught me God does love short people. He does. He really does. Uh, so for all of you, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you for our celebration of Advent and Christmas. Together we are. All, all new, new, all in, in and all out. out. So you go, go ignite passion, passion for Jesus Christ, Christ from, from Metro Washington to the world. world. Have a blessed week. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Metro DC area, we would love to worship with you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about all the incredible things happening at Columbia, go to ColumbiaBaptist.org. That's ColumbiaBaptist.org. 